Sheffield Wednesday. Not a great scorer of goals, but a scorer of great goals, and we've got more to cover. Here on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with American Accent. I'm your host in suburban Utah, Jeffrey Paternostro, and I am, as we often insist on this podcast, drinking local. I have a Killer Grove from Talisman Brewing Company in Ogden, Utah. I took a drive up there this weekend, picked up some stuff, uh, made my own six-pack of some of their more interesting offerings. This is a blood orange wheat ale. Uh, it's it's used making honey malts. This is the beehive state, so you get a lot of like honey-inspired beers. It's quite hazy. Uh, it's got that sort of like unfiltered wheat characteristic um, to it as well. Good balance between the honey and the blood orange, the tart and the sweet. Uh, and as per local blue losses, a 5%, so you can have a couple. Quite nice. Joining me this week to cover two quite nice Sheffield Wednesday games in the DMV. It's Chris Robinson. Chris, what are you drinking? I, too, am drinking local, Jeff, and it's the finest uh, filtered water from out of the faucet. Um, Reason being is I got home from work today and decided today is a day for one of my uh, uh, doom bar ales that my mother-in-law kindly um, uh, legally imported from the UK uh, a couple of weeks ago for me. And I treat myself now and again to to one of them. I put it in the freezer, forgot about it, and it froze. So Mm. that thing is now uh, exploding somewhere in uh, in the kitchen. So that's fun. So, uh, yeah, it's finest water for for this uh, fine Tuesday evening. The agenda. We will review the Bolton and Rochdale games, cover a little Wednesday news, still making transfers, and we will preview the Forest Green and Bradford games. But we will start with the reviews. We will start with Bolton, and I think there's uh, Chris. There's only one word for this one, but we can't, uh, and it's just Liam. Just Liam. What I mean, I. You know, they, they made a bit out of him starting 350 games like prior prior to the game, right? Like there was a, mm-hmm. there was some social posts and I think he was on media duty and they kept asking him questions. But put aside the fact that he started in under nines and he, mm-hmm. he's progressed all the way through, represented this club 350 times, really apart from one lone spell away from the club, the only team that he has referenced, his game on Saturday was really, really very good. He, you know, there was a lot of... Uh, passing and moving right like up and down that pitch all day long and uh, John Pearson kept commentating on his on his fitness level and <laughs> the guy was a machine I'm like yeah. how'd you keep running and he there was well, he, like he did run he oh, but it. they didn't know that they know uh, on today's right he did run a 10k every day this summer that will get you in pretty good shape that, that's true I, I'm not I don't run even mm. 1k but yeah. like 10k is a long way but there was one where he I think he was on the right wing they passed the ball and he just sprinted across the pitch i'm like that's hugely hugely un um unusual he, he captained the team given that obviously it was mm. his 350th appearance when he got into that position you were just sort of <laughs> willing him to like put the ball in the back double of the, nutmeg the, i think <laughs> yeah and he, he just he just did it and um just yeah just had to stand up and applaud and just say you know well done kid like you yeah. you seriously put in a shift yeah, and you know the first half hour of that game, Wednesday did not look particularly at it. They were disorganized at best. They were having issues breaking down Bolton's high press, and really, when the when the first goal went in, I mean, they should. I mean, Bolton should have scored a few minutes beforehand. 
so Bolton should have scored a few minutes beforehand. I I don't think Stockdale gets enough credit for reading that, getting out and like making himself big enough to at least make the striker make a decision mm-hmm. there. And he made a poor one, but he did he did force the issue a little bit. Um, and then you know they, they almost scored probably what one of the worst own goals you'll see around uh, around League One this year. And they dig it out, and good work by the keeper to dig it out. And then it kind of like the move breaks down. You're just like, uh, is there a chance? And then, you know, a, a great ball into the box for Byers, who just sort of picks out the toe poke and another goal from a midfielder. Yeah, and he, and he runs the okay. length of the pitch and salutes the Wednesday fans. Yeah, it's like, like we talked about it on last week's show with Justin. And just kind of like this. Uh, I had actually already forgotten about it before he even scored. And the, the, but it's like, yeah, this. This all gets washed out over the over the course of the season. All it takes is a goal or a you know, or a celebration like that, and it's like all is forgiven. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned David Stockdale there, and um, it got me thinking a little bit. Like um, his uh, his kind of, for lack of a better word, these like shithousery time wasting yes. tactics have started coming to Wednesday a little bit. And it and on the other when the shoes on the other foot when we we're away at Wickham and he's doing it, it's mildly frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, to say the least, when he's doing it in, uh, uh, would you call it avocado green of the Wednesday um, <laughs> kit? Um, it, it's you. It was very professional in some ways. Like he, he, Bolton started building up steam. Yeah. He sat on his ass. He claimed that his wrist hurt, which clearly it didn't. The team got back together, and the game was done. Yeah, and I think pick- if you, yeah, if you look last year, uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell would have not done that. Bolton would have continued and continued. And probably scored, and then it would have been two one, and then you know what Anything happens from that. Happen. So it's yeah. So yeah. I, you know, fair yeah, fair news but... to to Rob Staten who called it out on the broadcast and basically said, yeah. he, like, if we're going to complain when other teams do it, we have to point it out when Wednesday do it. And like, yeah, like mm-hmm. for for me, it drives me nuts when when teams do that. And I do think referees have to be more aggressive about adding on time, or or you have to come up with some some way to stop that. But within the you know, within the laws of the game or whatever, that's uh, that's allowed. So, like, yeah, if they're they're gonna do it to you, right? If the shoe was on the other foot, Bolton would be, especially away from home, everybody would be going down with a hamstring cramp between the seventieth and eighty fifth minute. So, yeah. it's the way the it's the way the game's played. And Wednesday have to be better at seeing these games out. And if it takes a little bit of shithousery and they really did take this thing out of the game after that, like Bolton really didn't threaten. They killed the game off quite well, but yeah, I mean, there's always going to be that moment where, you know, a team that's chasing a game is going to make a run and you can either hit them on the counter and get a third goal, which Wednesday arguably should have, but uh, and didn't, or, you know, you can use some of the, uh, some of the dark arts, I suppose. Um, but really after the first half hour, this was a, it was a completely professional job after the first half hour, which I know was saying, uh, you know, you can't just ignore that they weren't great for the first half hour. But once they, once they scored two goals in two minutes after that, they pretty much had the game by the throat. But honestly, like the, the, the fact that Dalton were building up steam and it happened to Wednesday last year at Wickham, if you remember, mm-hmm. it was it. It was either nil-nil or one-nil Wickham, whichever way it was. And Wednesday were pushing and pushing and pushing. And all of a sudden, it, it probably took four or five occurrences of that happening. And that's why it was so evident. Um, but it's happened to Wednesday at virtually every 
away ground either because Wednesday have been winning or drawing and that that's a good good thing and for that for that team and you know I think if Wednesday are gonna are serious about getting out of this league they have to uh in some ways deploy what happened they get deployed to them and that's mm-hmm. probably one of the reasons why Wickham were up there last season is because they were able to see out games and turn those one nil two nils into wins and not draws There's can we the... also talk about Mark McGuinness? Yeah, we can. I mean, obviously, that's going to be in the in the the news section this week. So once they keep yeah. bringing more players, um, probably forced to a certain extent by Pamela being out with a fairly significant injury. But yeah, he looks every bit the the exact kind of defender they need. I think more than anything else. It wasn't a name that I'd had heard, to be mm-hmm. honest. I was like, well, that's kind of an interesting one, and did some research, and he'd obviously played a bit last year in the championship, and like okay it's strange seen as they um well no not strange i think that's probably the wrong word uh they had a lot of you know they had defenders sat on the bench so it was like okay well why are they bringing bringing him in well you can kind of see why he's very comfortable with the ball he distributes it really well he won a lot of headers and clearances so the guy started he's like really well he's like whatever joining up photo that they always post out i'm like yeah a little like his defender shouldn't have like arms as skinny as me. That makes me a little nervous. But he's actually like he's a bit of a he's he's like a bit of an awkward looking guy. But he's very tall and he's like much better with, as you said with the ball at his feet than you'd think. But he also was just yeah he was cutting out balls down the side with I mean, obviously been fairly vulnerable for crosses down the right and uh, or from the right. And he was uh, I think he was very good cutting those out. But also yeah very comfortable moving the ball quickly at his feet. Um, they do like to run their their center like their their outside center backs up, right? They've done it with Liam Palmer. They did it with uh, they would do it with IRF, I'm sure. And he can make a little uh, little run up the field and and, and distribute from there, or, or you know, bring in the bring in the wing backs at that point. So yeah, it it's, gives them another I think a little bit of a, a different look. We should mention too, like Iorfa looked so much better in this game compared to we were all ready to drop him after uh, after the opener against Portsmouth, let alone the game against Peterborough. But I think, you know, he can, we, you know what he's capable of. You know the injuries are, you know, you worry, I suppose, that the injuries have, have sapped some of that ability. But he also just really hasn't had a lot of game time in the last three years at this point. Yeah. He, I mean, he, you could tell, like, I mean, I, I joked before, like, I mean, he poleaxed that defender with his foot, like, six foot in this, and he's just yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean Peterborough again. I was watching it um, on the on my phone, so it was very very difficult to 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 watch properly. He seemed to do okay, and but yeah, you're right. Like he 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 would make these marauding runs forward and get you know get his legs in stride. And again, we speak about Liam Palmer. He would drop in and kind of fill that fill that gap. And he seemed to have the confidence to be able to to do that, which is great. I think they have to stick with that sort of back three or five now really mm-hmm. and it's going to be hard for any of those kind of substitute or players on the sideline to get in because they if they want to be again serious they've got to have a steady steady back line and stop conceding some of those uh some of those goals no goals to be conceded at midweek with a much more comfortable three nil win against rochdale uh your note is just thunder chuffers and yeah i uh, i don't it's uh incredible. I actually had to use my totally legal VPN to watch like the 
to get like the actual feed before they did post the short highlights finally and i guess we'll, we'll put it this way pick your goal out of the three chris i mean i'm going to channel my inner lord h with yeah. this i mean that i mean i was uh i i have to caution this by the fact i was sat in a in a corporate office somewhere in um in the dmv uh listening to the game uh on on my phone through through my headphones and um it was the most soulless experience i could possibly possibly imagine but then when people started you know posting kind of short videos on on twitter or whatever you just think i mean it didn't look like there was many other chances but i yeah. guess when you score three from like 30 odd yards you don't kind of need it my well, brown hit the bar too yeah i mean i was like i mean and then i thought well, i was watching those short highlights that you mentioned i thought this game could have been four or five <laughs> but then like what's the likelihood that they're going to score those three again if they try yeah. so <laughs> probably, probably not but um i think my favorite was um the fdb one it's so like the the brown goal is a very very nice strike but you know he's got some space and time gets onto his favorite foot curls into the top corner the adenaran goal again great technique to keep it down um, you know, may remind you a little bit of the, the Glenn Whelan goal against, uh, Lester from 2006, not quite as speed. I mean, the, the, the Whelan goal was like one of those ones where the camera can't even keep up with it. But, uh, you know, Adana maybe went for placement over that kind of pace, but the, the, the FDB goal, like to go near post while running across the 18 yard box. And he kind of like, he like almost like dislocates his hip to turn his foot in to get it across his body and to do that hit it that hard and place it that well like that's just it's not normal man no, no i mean it, it was and I, I just liked how like it, i thought when i watched i was watching it on the highlights i mean obviously you know it's sort of a little bit unfortunate i think if i was watching that live i would think oh it's, it's that's going somewhere into leppin's lane and never the ball's never going to be seen again but it, and then it just hits like that kind of stanchion of the net versus the post right and it just kind of bounces back out and you're like yeah that's that's uh that's really cool and it, and i think um i mean all three of them really i mean i think you know fdb started the season pretty well and has been kind of around the subs a little bit in the last couple of games i mean i, I give the strength of the wednesday midfield that's not a surprise adenaran again is like so unfortunate last year with with injuries come back and scores like two pretty amazing goals. I mean, that the one um, uh, just earlier last week. And then Jaden Brown, I feel like it kind of hasn't really got going for him at Wednesday, really. And yeah. it, this may be, hopefully, maybe an opportunity for him to kind of like put his foot to you know, the floor a little bit and show Marvin what he Johnson do. has not been great so far this year. He's not been Mar the Marvin Johnson we saw the second half of last season. So. Um, you know, you might start to think that hey, maybe you rotate Jaden Brown into that left wing back position a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, like he, I, ju I just had a quick look. Like la last season, like I, I can't remember if Jaden Brown was was injured. He was or hurt not. at some point. Yeah, yeah. Like the last game that he played in, he played 14 minutes yeah. against Oxford United in January. Yeah, I mean that, and that's where I think um, it. it you know in the in the league at least and then i think he was also in, was he not in, also involved in that debacle at, when uh, they played um hartlepool that was also yeah, exactly. kind of um around that around that he's time. definitely not so, like even by wednesday's wing back standards he's not a particularly good defender so i think he is more of a natural winger than a than a wing back but 
Yeah, I mean, he has, I think he, I feel like he showed flashes at the beginning of last season. I think you can probably go back to listen to early season podcasts like Jaden Brown, great signing. Um, so yeah, again, this is but this is the thing, right? It's it's such a deep squad that it's it's just so tough for these players to get on the team sheet week in and week out, which on, on some level is a good problem to have. But I, I think on another level, it's got to be so frustrating for these players as well at a certain point where they think they're you know, worthy of first team football and just they can't consistently uh, get it. And again, it's a long, it's a very crowded fixture schedule, obviously. Um, it's especially early in the season. So this is, you're going to see a lot of squad rotation. It maybe take some time to sort of stuff out. There will probably be more injuries because, as we know, the uh, the training ground is cursed. So <laughs> there may be opportunities for, for the Jaden Browns and the Dennis and Denerins. And even, even Fizz, who I thought of the first couple of matches, was just going to be right there in the in the center back three every week yeah. to to get opportunities, if nothing else. So, I mean, I, I think the other is this technically their leading scorer now and can't get into the uh, squad every day? The, the other thing that is, you know, yeah, you're right. The crowded fixture list, Wednesday are going to play over 50 games, right, mm-hmm. with, with cups. And, and even if they sort of bail early on on all of the all of the cups, it's going to be near enough that number. I think the other thing to think about is um, teams are allowed five substitutions this yeah. year, right? So, that I mean, I, that's half the team, which is kind of like, the purest in me is like that's kind of not really right but but then on the other side it's like well you know teams that have really strong benches now will will really do well in this league because it's no longer a you sort of you can change it we saw in the Don's game they essentially changed the game with substitutions yeah so it's uh that these players will get their chances it's now just a case of them them really taking them ultimately my uh again i cheated i don't have one word my phrase for for this game is this one goes to 11 because i was listening on the the just the audio that's all we had and i do there's always that moment like where when it's when it's robin john that they go for a shot outside the box and you're just waiting for it to like the react like, oh and it goes out for a goal kick or uh, and you, every time you just got like the john pearson blowing out your headphones <laughs> or your speaker just like full distortion yes and they just kept scoring them it's like after this I, I, like because you're not really expecting it right you can you can kind of get a feel for the for the broadcast when it's a really good chance and none of those really felt like it and it just kind of like all of a sudden yeah you, know, you know your eardrums get shattered basically yeah and it was kind of a shame that that game wasn't on a stream and you just i don't know the cameras are clearly there because they create yes. like I, they're well, creating it's because highlights. it's whoever owns the rights for all of the Carabao Cup matches. Yeah. yeah. So ESPN but stick a stream on with no commentary. To, but yeah. like, it's it's like they could do it, and that's I think that's where this this competition needs as much as it can get ultimately <laughs> yeah. in terms of visibility and traction. And you log on to ESPN, and it's I don't know some like premier low level Premier League team against some other kind of garbage first division and you just think come on like the, it's not game, difficult uh, to show these um to show these i think games they and... do just pick up the sky games for the yeah. most part i mean the fa cup they show everything and they just like do it from the from the studio and the feed i think but let's see what the i have no idea what the espn plus game was today let's see 
You can watch Luton against Sheffield United on Friday. I will not be doing that. Who who will be watching Luton versus Sheffield United? So it looks like the... Did they not show any games today? They showed Fleetwood against Everton. So there you go. Exactly. And Aston Villa against Bolton. So they're here too. <laughs> I mean, why? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean like, I'm sure watching that... Everton against Fleetwood. Yeah. I'm sure fans of Everton and fans of Fleetwood enjoyed the ESPN coverage of their team this afternoon. And that is fine. Yeah. What I'm advocating for is just stick them all on a stream. Yeah. It doesn't need a commentary. One camera is fine. They do it for the FA Cup. Yeah. This yeah. is not hard. But anyway, I think it was a shame that they weren't on. Um, and you're right. Like, I, I mean, a joke I was sat in the office. I was like, oh, okay, that went in. And you should carry on with your day. Whereas yeah. I think if it was, a, you know, on iFollow or, a, you know, at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning in my yeah. front room, the reaction might have been slightly different. Well, hopefully we'll have more goals to celebrate on 10 a.m. Saturday. But for now, we'll take a break. Come back to the Wednesday news. Preview Forest Green with the Heavens Devils podcast. We have American Forest Green Rovers fans. No joke. And it's the motherfucking Pizza Cup. It's back. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. We also already mentioned Mark McGinnis coming in on loan or from Cardiff City for the season. But they did, after seemingly being linked to Malik Wilkes since, I think, last May, basically, they did get it over the line. He is in a Wednesday shirt, uh, eligible for selection at this weekend. I'm curious to see. They called him a number seven in sort of the media around the signing. Um, Wednesday don't really play with wingers, so... I don't know how that's going to work exactly. I assume he is going to sort of slot into the sort of like the Windass or Siliso role as well, where he can he can play as part of a striker too, maybe a, a, a strike partnership or maybe you know freelance a little bit. Maybe he'll go a little wide if someone like a, like a Lee Gregory or a or a Callum Patterson or something like that. Um, but it's good to get another uh, another proven goal scorer, and especially with sort of the unknown situation around Michael Smith's injury right now. You never have too many goals. No, this is... A, I mean, you're right. It feels like the drama of the summer has finally come to an end. Like, yeah. it's... Um, they finally got over the line. I think on your point of, like, um, you know, what number he wears, he could wear number 77 for all I care as yeah, long as he yeah. picks up the ball and run with it. Um, I mean, this is the club that their substitute goalkeeper was number two at one point. So that... Um, yeah, that If was you remember weird. that. Um, very, very strange. Um, That's like my weird... Just, like, I'm not even an old crotchety English football fan, but that is like my one hang up. It's like the squad number stuff I feel like has gotten a little out of control. It's totally got out of control. But I, I um last night I was like, okay, let me let me um put into YouTube this guy and see what all the kind of uh, hype okay, is yeah. about, right? And there was a few uh whole kind of videos that had been loaded up and it was like wholesale, you know, uh Wilkes and I was like, oh I'm just gonna sit and watch what their reaction was and there was one, and I, I was like howling with that. I mean, I could, I mean, it was almost crying at some point. The guy was like, oh, it's good he's gone. I mean, the guy can't play football. Like, didn't he score like 19 kid... goals for them last year as a winger or something? And he scored 23 the year that they got promoted. Yeah. I'm like, dude, 
if the Kai can score 23 goals for Wednesday, even if he can score, you know, 18, like whatever, it doesn't matter. Like um, he, the kid can play football and um, there's, there's a reason probably why this was drawn out and praise. And you never know what the kind of economical terms are in the end and what had to give to, to make it happen. He did a whole thing, I think on like Instagram or something, or maybe actually been Twitter where he's like, he's like, they, Somebody was like reporting that like he asked leave and he's like, "Oh, did I?" So it got a little, uh, a little nasty at the end, I suppose. But, but, but I think you know, praise to Wednesday for you know, I, clearly there was interest there at the beginning. I mean, the whole owner or chairman or whoever it was came out and said, you know, that Wednesday had had, had been interested, and Wednesday just stuck to it and didn't really get see, seemingly panicked. And yeah. it could have been very easy to either just like give what they wanted two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago, whenever. He's only, 20, he's on. only 23. The year he scored 22 goals to their promotion season, he was like 21. He's 23 years old. 23 years I old, mean, yeah. He's not this kind of, you know, journeyman striker that's kind no. of, that's been everywhere. And um, his, uh, his media interview showed that he was probably 23, I would say. Like he was, he was just kind of raw, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he just kind of, um, it was kind of interesting to watch, and I, I felt like Wednesday did themselves some good, and they released like the, I guess the clipping room floor you would call it, of where mm-hmm. he just couldn't keep it together, which I thought kind of, <laughs> you know, won a lot of praise as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see, see him go. I think my worry a little bit though is if, you know, Wednesday fans classic. I mean, if yeah, he if he doesn't bury one in the first 25 minutes on on mm-hmm. Saturday or. Or he goes a couple of games that people are going to start, you know, turning a little bit. But I think you're going to get that in most clubs. But I think Wednesday is particularly prevalent, and you just hope well, you can score 22 for a team and they'll turn on you. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. They'll find they'll find a reason for uh, for not not wanting to to have him in there. But I think the other thing with with Wilkes, if you notice his interview and and most players, and maybe some of this is a bit planned and. But they all comment on Darren Moore about mm-hmm. you know wanting to buy and wanting to buy into his project and that that's all good. But he has built some team. Yeah. I mean, like it's like fair play. Like yeah. you can't uh, you can't um, dispute the fact that he's been able to recruit some proven championship players, mm-hmm. let alone proven League One players. So no fair play to him. In the news Wednesday, obviously still in the hopper for the round three draw. That'll be tomorrow. Uh, they don't. So they they don't have another League Cup game until November, which is seems a little odd to me. I guess they're like getting they have to sort of shunt the entire European competitions into the next two months before the for the break for the World Cup. So that's you know pushing the I mean, whatever. It's the Carabao Cup. They can push the Carabao Cup aside. <laughs> no one actually cares. It's just a little odd to like have the first two rounds now and then not have another uh, Carabao Cup match for something like three months i guess I, I, do you do you care like i just i either want uh this has generally been my philosophy on these i either want a very winnable match or i want a big match what i don't want is like burnley away right that's what you just those like miserable mid-table championship teams. This was true even when Wednesday were in the championship. Like They played Fulham in like multiple cup games. It's just, just not it's the most boring midweek fixtures possible. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I would summarize it by the fact I think you sent a message in the WhatsApp group saying, I'll do something for Tuesday night. And I thought, 
what Wednesday doing on Tuesday? I can't like, and it, it couldn't, it couldn't read. And then I looked up and oh, they're playing Rochdale. Great. Um, then Paul so, actually got the goal graphics done. So yeah, <laughs> so I think it, you know, it's it's um, yeah, I don't. I mean, it's one of those cups where it's like you want a, a Man United at home or a Liverpool at home, or you know, go and see them on you know at the Emirates or yeah. or, or whatever it might be that's about it really yeah, i mean i'm like you know. whatever i literally listen to the rochdale game on my phone so i'll, I'll watch whatever game it is i don't i don't care like it's just something to yeah. do on a on a tuesday i guess or wednesday but yeah would be like be nice like they've actually uh, you look at it they've had decent cup draws fairly recently you know they had everton last year they had chelsea in the fa cup so they've gotten like decent decent games here and there but I mean, and that's the thing. If you think about that Chelsea game, I actually went to that Chelsea game. I mm-hmm. flew into London that morning and went that night. And, you know, to watch what they they said there was 6,000 Wednesday fans in that stadium. I would probably, I was in Tibet, there was probably more like 12. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot. I mean, I was sat next to one in the in the home end. So it, the, there was a lot of Wednesday fans there. And I think that's, you know, yes, they they walked away with a 3-0 loss and it was yeah. what it was but they yeah, were if on, they didn't have var they would have gotten the dodgy joey Pelopezzi yeah, that's penalty. true <laughs> that's true um but it was you know like it, if you can walk away and on a sunday afternoon and send yeah. four or five thousand wednesday fans to london then so it's steve bruce really was still watching the cricket or something i think <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah, he was he was on that vacation before he took a job yeah. that guy honestly all right, now let's turn our attention to the upcoming fixtures. Look, I think towards the end of last season, we maybe made a few jokes about trying to get out of the leagues. We didn't have to preview the Forest Green Rovers game, but here we are, and... Uh, in the past, uh, mostly the ones they were a championship team, we would bring on uh, fans, American fans, whenever possible, of of the opposing team to preview the match, and that's more difficult in League One, although uh, fairly easy for Forest Green Rovers because uh, there is not only a Forest Green Rovers fan in the U.S., he has his own podcast as well. There's two of them, I'm reliably informed. So joining us tonight to preview the Forest Green match from the Heavens Devils podcast, it's Nathan. Nathan, how's it going? Good, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to speak to an American fan of a League One team because, <laughs> you know, we spent our, our, our podcast careers in League Two where it was very difficult to find any American fans. Uh, so, so excited to... Yeah, hear hear an American accent talking about League One football, or I should say soccer, I guess. So we have to. Uh, this is, of course, as I said before we started recording, intensely hypocritical for me, an American Sheffield Wednesday fan, to say. But Forest Green Rovers, really? <laughs> I gotta hear your story too about about Sheffield Wednesday, but I'll, I'll ask you later. But yeah, Forest Green Rovers, really? Uh, yeah, my buddy and I started following them a few years ago. Uh, from a, from a distance, you know, we, we like probably anyone who's not from the area, uh, who follows Forest Green, we, we fell in love with the vegan principles, the, the green eco stuff off the pitch. Those are really important to us. Um, and so once we went about this club out there that like does all these things that we think are really important in the world, we're like, if we're going to give our money and our time to a club, let's do it to one that's 
doing good in the world. Uh, and so we started following years ago from a distance. And then about three years ago, actually, like right at the beginning of the pandemic, we had just we had free time on our hands. So we said, you know what, let's just start a pod documenting the experience of two dumb Americans trying to follow this new team that we that we, that we like for Green Rovers. Uh, and so the pod was started three seasons ago. Um, we, we bought the league passes. And yeah, I don't think we've missed a match since. You're going to get accused of being like glory seekers for a team that didn't make the uh, even the football league until 2017. <laughs> that's fair yeah no that's fair um and yeah to be i mean <laughs> it, the we, we thought i mean when, when we when we started watching uh we we did get a dose of of what, what we've been told is like the authentic four screen experience which is that we start the season hot we play really really well and in the second half of the season we just bomb we just tank and we blow it and that's what happened the first season that that we followed um and actually, even the second season—no, last year was the second season, or was well, whatever. Last season was the first time when, actually, it, it did happen. Actually, last year too, because we started strong, and then we were running away with the league last year, and then the second half of the season uh, just tanked. But somehow, we 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 earned enough points at the beginning of the season to hang on and win the win the league title. So yeah, in League One for the first time, and excited. All right, our New England Owl Justin Desorger just very thorough research for all of these. So we should point out that besides winning League Two last year, in their history, Forest Green has also won the Southern League, the FA Vase, the Hellenic League, the Gloucestershire Northern Senior League, the North Gloucestershire League, the Stroud Premier League, whatever that is, the Stroud and District League, and the Dursley and District League. So really, it's a it's a very uh, a wide and diverse trophy case. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> a lot so, of trophies and a big history of winning. So um, yeah. That, that's kind of the crazy story, though, of the club is that, yeah. you know, for so long they were they were just this tiny little, you know, local county club um, that over the years, uh, really with this, the, the previous owner named Trevor Horsley, uh, he really brought them to Providence, brought them up uh, through the conference. And then when Dale Vince took over, he kind of took it to the next level to where we are now playing and playing in the EFL, which is, I think, for most longtime four screen fans would have been unthinkable, you know, 20 years ago. So one of the reasons I think that uh, that Wednesday fans like ourselves were a little a little less than thrilled to play play Forest Green. This obviously is the match at, at Hillsborough, but in the return fixture they'll be going to a uh, five thousand seat, uh, partially seated stadium. And just at this league, you see all these like tiny grounds and like small pitches with like traffic going in the background <laughs> or whatever, or it's just in a park, but. Uh, this is, you know, that you mentioned sort of the the green ethos of the club, and they're they're building a new stadium apparently that's going to be all wood and carbon neutral. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's part of the plan. So Dale Vince is that's the owner. The owner Dale Vince's goal is to take the club to the championship and just kind of be a steady championship team someday. In order to do that, they need the facilities um, to do that. Right now, if if we were to make the championship by some miracle this year, which isn't going to happen, but if it happened. Uh, we wouldn't be able to play next year in our stadium because it's too small. I mean, it's too small for League One, really. Uh, so um, the yeah, the, the new park is it's going to be awesome actually for the men's football team, also for the women's football team. There's going to be a business and eco business district there as well. Uh, it's super exciting. It's just taking forever to actually get off the ground. Um, right now they're ex- excavating it, like they're finding all these like old Roman ruins. So who knows when it will actually be built? Um, but 
when it is built, it will be a much better away fan experience because right now the away fan experience is rough. Uh, Nailsworth is very hard to get to. Uh, the ground is on top of this hill that's that you have to walk up. Uh, there's not for the away fans. There's not a lot that they have access to, and there's the stand. The away stand isn't even covered, so if it rains, all the away fans get wet. Um, so yeah, and it's it's super inconvenient to get to. You have to go through all these country roads to get there. Um, the new the new ground will be built like right off of two major like highways. So, uh, so yeah, I think the away days will be much better in a few years. So we should talk about the actual team on the pitch. And as often happens when you see a team promoted from the lower leagues, immediately their manager and their best player gets uh, gets you know uh, uh, Ian, uh, uh, sorry uh, Rob Edwards went on to Watford and not shocking Watford poaching a uh, an up-and-coming manager and Kane Wilson who was their their right wing back went to Bristol City after being the league two player of the year last season how has sort of the adjustment been from from Rob Edwards to, to Ian Birchnell who is actually has a very interesting resume himself yeah so speaking about the managers first uh Rob was unbelievable last season we none of us knew what to expect when he came in uh we had never heard of him when he got <laughs> hired because he was a no name, you know, to, to most to most fans. Um, but we have an, a phenomenal director of football, and his name is Rich Hughes. And what a, we trust, what a, you know, whatever decision he makes, and it paid off last season because Rob Edwards was unbelievable. Uh, we were coming off of a time we had Mark Mark Cooper was the previous manager who was not liked by the fans. He was a very rough figure with the, with the players as well. And you get this guy, Rob Edwards, come. And he's really handsome. He's so charming. He's great with the fans. He's great with the players, and, and it, it really made a lot of a lot of fans fall in love with the club again, who maybe had felt a little I don't know slighted by Mark Cooper or during the Mark Cooper era. So Rob Edwards was unreal last year, and then he just left us out of nowhere. Uh, a really sad day. He was actually supposed to come on the pod uh, right <laughs> the day before he left us, and then he left us, and we were like messaged him like, "Hey, are you still coming on?" He's like, "No, nah, I can't do it now, guys." <laughs> but anyway. Um, so, uh, Ian Birchnell, yeah, Ian Birchnell has come in and, uh, yeah, I think so far he's been great. We, we've had a lot of the players on the pod and the players love him. The, he, he has a much different style from Rob Edwards in that, uh, well, a few of the things he does differently. He, he has a, a different way of, for example, the players have no idea when they're going to, who's going to play each match. They don't know until like we all know, uh, which is very different, very unique, um, a, a unique coaching strategy, uh, he, but uh, stylistically on the pitch, he's very similar to Rob in that uh, it's it's very possession based. Play it out from the back, um, use the wing backs a lot. Uh, so actually, he hasn't changed much stylistically from Rob, um, and so far we we've been pretty pleased with what we've seen, uh, given the players that we have. So yeah, I mean, it's just. Time will tell, you know, how he's going to turn out. But I think I think most Force Green fans are pretty happy with Ian so far. That that's cool. I, I um I was just when you when you mentioned Mark Cooper there, it flashed me back to Sheffield Wednesday in 2015. He was actually linked to the Wednesday job in 2015, but but turned it down. So it's like, oh, where is he now? He's <laughs> oh wow, Barrow. he turned it down. He, <laughs> he turned it board. down. Yeah. He's yeah, not a Barrow yeah. anymore either. He he was fired from Barrow last season. <laughs> yeah, so he's currently <laughs> jobless. Maybe hey, if you guys need a manager. Mark Cooper's on the market. 
I think I think we're I think we're good uh, for now. But you um but you also there was another Sheffield Wednesday link. You also signed uh, Connor Wickham as well. Yes. How's he has he been doing? Connor Wickham, man. Well, we haven't seen a lot of him, but what we have seen is incredible. Uh, you can clearly tell like he's a class above like he does not belong in this league. He's only in this league because of the injury issues that he's had over the years. Uh, so he first got in against Lincoln City, which was our third game of the season. Uh, and he came on and just dominated. He looked like a man among boys. Uh, he got this pass into the box, like three defenders on his back. He just like casually held them off, squared up top corner. Unreal. Like a goal you don't see at this level. Um, and so oh, we, we saw him then. We saw him last week a little bit against Plymouth Argyle as well. So we've only seen him a little bit in two games. We're, we're all hoping he gets more playing time because when he has been out there, he just looks a different a different level. Yeah, he, he was the same for Wednesday. I think his first uh, loan season, he was unreal. Everybody would have taken him back in, in an absolute heartbeat. And then um, I guess... Jeff, was it kind of towards the end of the COVID games he came yeah, back? Yeah, on loan. Um, just, you, it was kind you, of... You, you, a tough season, but you also tell the injuries have kind of... Uh, yeah. Had taken their toll over the years, but yeah, he's the first. Uh, I don't. Did you get a cap for England? I say he's the first English inter, England international to play for uh, for a screen. I can't remember if he actually got a cap or not, but I think he got selected a few times. Um, but yeah, when he's on his day, like the the size and and speed and finishing ability are should be above uh, above League One level for sure. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a catch twenty two for us because we only have him signed until January, and so. We want him to score a lot of goals, but if he scores a lot of goals, he's going to leave and go to a bigger club. And if he sucks, we don't want him anyway. And or if he gets injured, you know that's. So uh, we're we're trying to get as many goals out of him as we can in this first half of the season because uh, if, if he does well, he's probably gone in January. I, I would love to know, like when when someone asks you, like, oh, do you do you watch soccer or do you watch football? And, and you turn around and say, yeah, I'm a Forest Green Rovers fan here in the U.S. Like, what what is their reaction? Because when Anybody asks me, they're like, "Oh, you must watch like football or soccer, and who do you support?" And and I say Sheffield Wednesday, and they're like, "Oh, okay, cool, cool." And they literally have like no idea. Um, yeah, and it's so blank. What's it for you? What's it like for you? Oh, same, yeah. Especially with my American friends, especially with my American friends who aren't soccer or football fans. Um, it's they get a, they they don't understand it. They're like, "Wait, you're like watching a minor league? You have a podcast of like a minor league team? What?" This look, and then they see the stadium and they're like, this is like what we played football in in high school. Um, so they, they get a kick out of it. Uh, but once, you know, once, I don't know, it, it's, it's a little bit infectious, though, the, the club. Um, so we've converted a lot of people here in New York into Forest Green Rovers fans just by proxy. They're our friends. We bring them to the bar. We watch the games and they're like, oh, OK, I get down with this. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Most people are like, who, what, Forest Green? And then they find out the level that they're at. And they're like, why are you following this? But it's so much fun. The lower leagues are so much fun. It's so much more competitive than the Premier League. Like, you know, last year, well, I guess I haven't seen League One yet. Maybe League One actually is not <laughs> the case. But in League Two, you know, the champion, the last two years, both came down to the very last day. Who got automatically promoted came down to the last day. Playoff spots, last day. And that kind of drama is, you know, why we love sports. And you don't see that, you know, at, at in the Premier League. But you do see that at the lower at least at League Two, anyway. Uh, so it's so much fun to watch. It's the beauty um, of the English pyramid system, I guess, right? I mean, you yeah. get, um, you know, ne- ne- you get Wednesday playing Forest Green, which <laughs> twenty-five years ago, yeah, that wasn't on anybody's radar in it. And over the course of 
many failed decisions probably on the Wednesday <laughs> side that that's happened right and um, and that's why but it but it's a lot of fun and you're right and it, it was the same in League One last year end of you know we didn't we didn't know where we were going to end up was it third fourth fifth outside the playoffs so, yes yeah, it's, it's definitely a lot of fun fun in air it quotes, is. I'll put it <laughs> so uh, maybe... I, I forgot another another Wednesday uh, Wednesday link we have Shay Dunkley you guys oh know Shea really. Not, not actually, but when we had we had the director of football on the pod uh, last season, and we tried to start a rumor that uh, <laughs> Shay Dunkley was coming to Forest Screen Rovers, so we started this fake internet rumor that he was coming, but uh, didn't, it didn't catch on. And he obviously is no not with us. He was Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, I think Shrewsbury, yeah. yeah, yeah. So playoffs maybe a, a, a bit aspirational for for Forest Green at this point in League One but you know for a team that was just promoted lost their manager and their best player off to an not in a relegation spot after uh, after four games so what are, what are sort of the what are the goals you think for the for the squad and the team this year yeah and let me say we didn't just lose our best player we lost our three best players we <laughs> lost Ibu Adams to Cardiff City uh he was our the heart and soul of the midfield and we lost Nikki Cadden to Barnsley another league one side um so we lost three huge huge players plus a coach that's brutal but again like you said it happens anytime you get promoted um however our director of football who I've mentioned a million times I love this man Richard Hughes he does such a good job he is He's done a great job filling the gaps, bringing in excellent talent uh, across the board. Of course, for nobody has any expectations that we're gonna, you know, come anywhere near the playoffs. But uh, I do feel very confident that we're gonna stay up. Uh, I think we have enough as it is right now to stay up. I think our performances so far have shown that we have enough to stay up. Um, and yeah, I think that's the kind of the consensus among all four screen fans is. We think we can stay up. We will be happy if we stay up. That's the goal. Like, Forest Green is known, obviously, for sustainable stuff off the pitch, but also on the pitch. That's that's kind of our our model: is sustainable growth, incremental uh, improvement year on year. And so, yeah, I think that's that's everyone's you know goal. Finish at I don't know seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, and and we'd be you know thrilled with that, and then build on it and improve you know improve next year. So for the. For the Wednesday fan that is probably not super familiar with that uh, with that Forest Green squad, who are the players to watch out for at the weekend? Yeah, so well, your old buddy Connor Wickham, if he mm-hmm. plays, hopefully he will. Uh, we, he hasn't started yet. We've all been hoping he gets a start, uh, so maybe that will come finally this weekend. We'll see. Uh, Regan Hendry has been really our best player so far this season and the most consistent player. Uh, I kind of think he he has Kane Wilson. He gives me Kane Wilson vibes in that two seasons ago, nobody saw Kane Wilson coming. We had him on our team. He wasn't, he was okay. And then last season he was unreal. Regan Hendry kind of fits that model a lot. We had him last season. He was good. This season he's been outstanding. He's a, he's our midfielder. Uh, He's been playing in a number 10 lately uh, and he's been excelling in that role. So we'll see, but he's, he's pretty versatile. Uh, So he's on, he's our best player. Uh, also, our goalkeeper, Luke McGee, uh, bails us out all the time. He's probably been our second best player so far. Uh, Connor Wickham, um, as we already mentioned, Jordan Moore Taylor, JMT, he's kind of a rock uh, in the in the, the uh, center. He's, a, he's our central defender. He's like the leader of the back line. Um, so I think those are the big guys. Our captain, Jamma, Jamil Matt, uh, he was, he's been excellent for us the last two seasons, uh, but he picked up some kind of a knock on his back a couple weeks ago and so he hasn't been playing as much as he might and he might he might come out against Wednesday uh the other weird thing is we 
you know, as a new team with a new manager, we're still, we still don't really know our identity. We still don't really know who the best 11 are. And so uh, the coach, Ian, he's been tinkering a lot with, with both the formation and the, and the players. So I'm not 100% sure who we'll see out there or what formation we'll see on Saturday because uh, we're still learning. We're still growing. Uh, but I think those are the big names. It does make it a little bit difficult to do a preview when you don't know who's going to play week to week. <laughs> well, we know we know the base, but you know up front, for example, with the strikers, it could be Josh March, it could be Jamil Matt, it could be Connor Wickham, or it could be some combination of them. Uh, in the past, we played with two strikers. So far this season, we've only played with one. However, um, the consensus is I think we're going to start playing with two strikers pretty soon. So yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't know. I suppose on some level that makes it difficult from like a opposing manager point of view to actually prepare for the match when the, when the opposing when the you know your, your counterpart doesn't even know who he's going to play how do you prepare for how they're going to play i guess yeah the podcast is heaven's devil's podcast this is nathan weber good luck honestly uh I, i've i've come completely around on the forest green rovers for the last uh let's go 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> let's go thank you thank you guys for having me on pleasure to meet you both and uh, good luck this season. Bad luck on Saturday. So that covers Forest Green in the league. It's time for the Pizza Cup. Just a reminder, League 1 and League 2, plus 16 Category 1 academies. That makes 64 teams. 16 four-team groups with immediate pens for any draw. Two points for the winner, one point for the loser. The top two advance. Uh, this is regionally based. And then open draw from the quarterfinal on... Rotherham are the defending champions. Wednesday's matchup is with Bradford City AFC at the Valley Parade or the University of Bradford Stadium. Uh, Mid-table in League 2 so far. Uh, Two wins, one draw, two losses. Their home form is a win and a draw. Their last game they lost uh, on pens in the... uh, Sorry... Their last game with Wednesday, uh, 0-0, lost on pens 3-1 in the 2011 Pizza Cup first round, which of course then was the Johnson's Pate Trophy. (laughs) Here's a fun fact. Did you look at these, um, Chris? Did you look at Justin's notes? I I didn't look at Justin's notes, and then I was thinking about Bradford. Uh And I can only remember one thing about that damn team, and it uh, it was the moment where... Was it Nicky Weaver got subbed off? Is that what? Uh... No, it's it's funnier than that. Oh, the, there was that story where um, after ninety seconds they subbed the goalkeeper off to circumvent the rules around um, the the game at the time, and that was in like two thousand eleven. And I remember yeah. watching it on TV, just again, just laughing like this. Oh, no, is... here it is. He, sorry, he put it there too. Which yeah. it, 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 there's an asterisk. Sorry, wishing to rest a number of senior players. Sheffield Wednesday attempt to circumvent competition rules, making their three substitutions early in the game. Uh, participating clubs were obliged to start a minimum of six players who had made the most appearances. This is like you, this is like a baseball thing in spring training. You have to send a certain amount of starters on the road for the games for like ticket purposes. So yeah, but this is not the actual funny thing in the game. The funny thing from the game is uh, <laughs> uh, Wednesday lost on pens. Do you know who took one of the penalty kicks in that game? I do not. No. Liam Palmer had a penalty kick saved in the 2011 <laughs> Johnson's Paint Trophy against Bradford City, so he was he was in the lineup that day. That was 
it's 11 really? years 2011? ago. 2011. 2011, yeah. Wow. There's yeah. a lot of water under the bridge, especially yeah. for Liam Palmer. But can you imagine if, like, the if you'd have missed that penalty, you know, like now in today's yeah. age with all the social stuff and the yeah. reaction to it. And I know it was, a, it was Bradford, but, you know, yeah. it's just, it's kind of interesting to see you think, is his career going to be that's been the same? <laughs> so Bradford City ASC, Bradford in West Yorkshire. They went right into the EFL in 1903 in the second division. Their nicknames are the Bantams, the Claret, and Amber. Uh, they were top flight uh, pre-World War One. They won the 1911 FA Cup, mostly in the third or fourth tier since. Well, they made the Premier League in 1999. Is that right, Chris? Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they, Bradford they are made, a huge club. They made the Inter-Toto Cup 70s in uh, 2001. And a 2013 League Cup finalist. I do remember that. Yeah, they, they are a massive team. Mm. And it just, you know, they're, they're in... Uh, League Two now. I think they're running up and from you know sort. Of, they're one of those teams that when you look through the results from the weekend, you sort of just want to pick out because they're a bit clearly a big name in mm-hmm. in League Two. And I remember once driving past that stadium, and it's just monstrous, like mm-hmm. up on a hill, sort of built into a a hill in some ways. Um, they are a big team, and I think if they get it together, get into League One, that you could easily see them probably in two three four seasons back in back in the championship They're, they've got you know 20 20 thousand i mean they have the support that wednesday have in the in probably the championship going into a league two game yeah. with you know and some decent sides around them right yeah do you know who their manager is oh is it uh, it's mark hughes it right? is mark hughes his first job since southampton in 2018 they play a four two three one and being a mark hughes team uh Playing a four two three one, they have Andy Cook up front at the number nine. <laughs> it's a very lead two striker. It is very good. Yeah, but you know, Wednesday do allow some free headers here and there. Uh, Richard Smallwood. Uh, so Justin's notes are Andy Cook at the nine, being old and tall. Richard Smallwood, old and good at the six. <laughs> I mean, that's mostly uh, league two, two clubs going yeah. on there. I mean, I, I have you know just a huge amount of time for for Bradford as a club I, I do hope that they I mean obviously they've had that club has had its challenges over mm-hmm. um you know financially but both also things that have happened like uh, Sheffield Wednesday at the stadium that should and never be repeated ever again um but but honestly that if they can get it together that that team will go go real far and I, I just generally hope hope that they that they do ultimately I think for the purposes of uh of this I guess I would expect significant squad rotation, like we saw for the for the League Cup. They've been, you know, getting some under twenty threes into the match day squad and even into the starting lineup today. So I suppose you might see more of that. But again, this is like as we mentioned in the four screen, like they they can they can just start a second 11, right? And probably beat Bradford city. Like that's how deep the squad is right now. Like, especially like you have the midfield, like, you know, if you're not starting buyers, Bannon and box, you're starting a dinner in Delhi Bashiru and, you know, uh, back in So it's like, that's now they have probably four or five quality strikers for this level. So, yeah, I mean, you saw it today. Like, you look through the team and you think, "Well, look at gee, if that if that team had started um, for the most part, obviously, you know, there was there was a couple of players in there that were a bit of a 
a surprise maybe but you would think if that team started in the league it would be um very respectable in in league one and and even on on saturday when the team came out i looked at the bench and said okay i said to myself if any of those players are in in the first team would we have had an objection and you would probably say no right like the the bench was really really strong and you and i think this game specifically when we we play but i would ex- yeah you you're gonna you i don't think i mean even with bannon on the bench today i yeah. don't think you'll see that right i mean it's, yeah. it's gonna be i, I do think Brad, you say it's a big call. i think bradford will be up for it right wednesday coming in on midweek yeah no, and i think it will be a big crowd right yeah. and it will be it's an evening game under the lights i mean it's um it's what you know that's what you live for as a football fan right and um and i think bradford will be there and they'll be up for it and mark hughes won't let them settle right i mean he's mm-hmm. a he's a he's a he's a good manager and to get him in he's not going to go to league two for any other club than bradford city he ain't gonna roll into a uh, frankly even a forest green rovers i mean he's not i mean i know they were they were promoted but he's gonna be he's he's not gonna be in many clubs and there's a reason for that and they're a big team and but there will be squad rotation and i think even if we walked away with um a loss it's like it is it is what it is it's the, the other player was yeah it's a p <laughs> i mean the, the other player that um is uh that for dean oliver he was um at gillingham last year is a previous mm-hmm. wednesday fan he's a big he's a big unit um up, up front so um we'll see yeah You've been listening to episode 185 of the Owls Americas. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. And find us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro bumpers I fill once Wednesday. It's Revenant and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americas, we ask you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Chris is the social media master of the Owls Americas Twitter account. Chris, we actually didn't do an official prediction. So you said that you, you don't care if they walk away with a loss, but what do you think will happen at Bradford under the lights? Under the lights, one all. One all. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. that too. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Nostro. I feel that too. And we'll be here to cover it next week. <laughs>